Father, thank you for being our God and for loving us the way you love us, no matter uh, how we are. Um, And we ask that you open our hearts, uh, each one of us here today, because the message that you have for us is to touch each one of us in a different way, probably. And so, dear Lord, I'm just asking that we open our hearts and our minds to you and what you are trying to relate to us through your gospel this morning. Uh, Give us the opportunity to uh, use the things that's talked about this morning to serve you and to glorify you. And I ask that you be with me and help me to present your word in truth. And bless us, dear Lord, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Life is busy. Go, 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 go. It seems like we're always going somewhere. Life has at times is just a little bit crazy. We got school, we got jobs, we got babies, we got family, we got young and old family. We got old babies and big babies. Uh, We got sports, we got music, we got scouts, and we got whatever else. We've all got things to do. And it just goes and goes and goes. So I want to start out this morning by us looking at an average day for the most individuals. Now, you're going to have to fill in some of these spots, I know, because we're all a little bit different, but I think this is a pretty good average for most of us. Most of us get up from a so-so night's rest. Some are better than others. Some are okay. But we get up no matter what. We have to start our day. We hope to have a little bit of quiet time to spend in God's word or in prayer. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Then it's off to the breakfast table to get a, a quick something out as we run out the door, Star, stop by Starbucks or one of the coffee shops or grab a cup of coffee, and, and it's go, go, go. Off to school, off to work. Some of us are in carpools, hauling kids here and that, hauling parents here and there. And then some of us are taking care of babies. Some of us are taking care of aging parents. So then we're off to the doctor's. We're off to fix some meals for them. We're off to change diapers, both big ones and little ones. We have all these things that we have to do, and it's just go, go, go. Seems like life is just one thing after another. But then after school, after work, we come home, and we, if we're lucky, we have time to sit down as a family and have supper together. Sometimes part of us is there. Sometimes all of us are there. Sometimes we're grabbing it through Chick-fil-A on our way through to the scout meeting or the PTA meeting or whatever other activity might be. All our nights have something different involved. Monday nights, we got Monday football. We got to watch Monday night football. Tuesday nights, we got meetings Activity meetings, PTA meetings, scout meetings, some kind of meeting we got to go to. It might be a children's home auction committee meeting. There are all kinds of meetings we got to go to. Wednesday night we try to squeeze in Bible study and some time for rejuvenation to be built back up to fellowship with the fellow brothers and sisters here in Netherwood. It might be a school concert. It might be some kind of activity at school we have to go to. Then Thursday night comes, and 
Now we got Thursday night football. Playoffs are starting. Baseball playoffs. So we're going to have that every night of the week once the playoffs start, if you're into baseball. Then it's basketball season. It's always something that keeps us busy. Friday night finally gets here, and it's family night or date night. And we go, and we just crash, and we don't do nothing. We're too tired to go out. We're too tired to plan something. We're too tired, so we just rest. Then the weekend starts, and, man, our weekends are just totally crazy. I'm not even going to try to list everything people do on weekends. You can imagine what your life's like for a weekend. And we look back and we say, man, this is crazy. This is, we just got to slow down. So we plan a vacation. Let's plan a trip. Let's go on vacation. We can get rested and rejuvenated. We get charged up again. So we plan a trip. Well, we're spending all this money on this trip. We've got to go, go, go. We've got to go, go, go. And by the end of the trip, we're saying we've got to go home to rest because we're too tired from our vacation that we planned to rest on. Life is just crazy. We see in Exodus where Moses is getting ready to take the lead the Gentile, or the Gentiles, the Israelites, sorry about that. They're getting ready to lead the Israelites out of uh, Egypt. And uh, they're not sure when it's going to happen. And they're not sure what's going to go on there. But they know the time is coming, and they won't have much time when it's time to leave. We see in Exodus chapter 12, verses 31 through 32, and he summoned Moses and Aaron during the night and said, Get up, leave my people, both you and the Israelites, get out of here, go, worship your God and, and as you have asked. Take with you your flocks and herds, and you ask and leave, and also bless me. He's throwing them out, but he's asking, bless me before you leave. He knows something. Now, the Egyptians pressured the people into ordering them and sent them out quickly of the country. And they said, you're going to die. So the people took their dough and their leaven and their kneaded bowls and wrapped up their clothes and left. They left in a short, short time. So we have this great nation of people that are leaving and they're going out at night. Pharaoh's throwing them out. And so they continue on. But it didn't take long for those like people to start complaining and grumbling. We had it better in Egypt. At least we had food back there. We had this. We had that. They cried and complained and cried and complained. And it seemed like no matter how big a deal that God did for them, it wasn't good enough. He parted the sea where they'd be saved from the uh, Egyptian army. He gave them food every day to eat. He provided water for them. He did all these things for them, but yet it was never good enough. The big, huge things were never good enough. It didn't seem to change their outlook on life. It didn't seem to change their attitude about what was going on. We today have the same problem at times. All we look at is the bad things and the things going wrong in our lives. We look at around us and all we say is, why can't something good happen? 
Why is all bad things happening to me? Why is all bad things happening to us? Why is all this going on? So as I was thinking about this, I wanted to look at some verses from uh, some examples that Jesus gave to us. And I know that these examples probably are going to be a little, um, some people might say they're taken out of context, but I want us to look at what happens before the miracle happens. Okay? Because I know there's a big miracle, and that's a big thing. It's a big deal. But let's look at what happens before the miracle. First scripture we're going to look at, and these all changed people's attitudes and their conduct, or whatever they were thinking, I guess you should say. First we're going to look at is Luke 2, 45 through 47. Jesus has went to Jerusalem with them and let, stayed behind, and his parents come back looking for him. And he said, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. And after three days, can you imagine looking for a 12-year-old, your 12-year-old son or grandson or granddaughter for three days and you haven't found him? It'd be a little panic time, wouldn't it? After three days, they found him in the temple complex, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And those that heard him were astonished, his understanding and his answers. He was taking time to listen and to ask questions. Luke 5, verses 12 through 13. And while he was on his way to town, a man was there who had a serious skin disease all over him. He saw Jesus, fell to his face, and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, will you make me clean? Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be clean. The gentle touch of Jesus calmed the situation, and then he was healed. John 6, 5 through 9. We're all very familiar with this story. The disciples and Jesus are out, and Jesus has this huge crowd coming towards him. And he asked Philip, where are you going to buy bread for all these people to eat? They're hungry. They've been traveling with me for days. and They're all hungry and need something to eat. He was testing him. He said to them, I don't know. Philip said, 200 denaro worth of bread won't be enough to feed this whole group. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter, brother, said to him, there's a boy who has five barley loaves and two fish. But that's not very much. And we know that Jesus did a great miracle with that two fishes and five loaves. And calmed the multitude with something to eat and fill their stomach. Little things can change when our attitudes are, are bad or we're grumbling or we're upset or whatever. I want to tell you about a story that happened to me and some others. Um, last year, we were coming home from Pepperdine Lectureships, and we're in the LAX airport. Now, I know all of you love to travel. I know all of you love airports, especially LAX airport uh, and the big airports. And so we're waiting to fly home on Southwest Airlines. And we get there, and we see the little thing that says, your flight's been delayed. And we've been delayed for a half an hour. No big deal. 
A lot of flights get delayed half hour. Then it goes to an hour. Then an hour and a half. Two hours. And we're all saying, what's going on? We're, 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 put us on a different plane. Do something. Get us out of this airport. And so I took this picture when I was sitting there because Southwest Airlines is not dumb. They know when you've got uneasy folks, it's going to get nasty. So they wheel out this cart. It says heart cart on it, as you can see. What you probably can't see, it's full of donut holes <laughs> and hard candy. And they said, we're sorry the, your inconvenience. We know it's been difficult. Please come help yourself to the donut holes. Free donut holes and hard candy. And all of a sudden we're saying, this is great. This is awesome. We can stay here for another two hours if we need to. Everybody changed their whole attitude. It wasn't so, they weren't mad at Southwest no more for delaying the plane. It was what a free donut hole can do to change attitudes was amazing. Next time you're somebody cranky, just hand them a donut hole and see what that does to them. <laughs> I'm not talking about donuts. I'm talking about donut holes. And they left out there until they were all gone. It was, it was incredible. I'm sitting there, and I, that's why I took pictures. I said, this has got to be a sermon topic, man. It's got to, I mean, the way it changed this whole, I mean, it wasn't just us from Pepper, uh, church people. There were tons of people in there that had no religion, well, or from Pepperdine anyway. This whole place full of people waiting to get on an airplane. And three and a half hours later, we got on an airplane. But the last hour, hour and a half, there wasn't much complaining going on. It was, that's the way it is. Life is that way. So we finally get on an airplane, and we, we fly out. and It's kind of like the Israelites in the wilderness. Our attitudes started getting yucky and upset. We don't look at the good things. But Southwest definitely changed the attitude that day. It's amazing what little things will do sometimes. And like I said, I, I, I still, I'm still amazed how little donut holes changed attitudes. It was just incredible. A lot of times we don't take the chance or we don't have a, the opportunity to look at what really changes things. And we don't see how that can happen. Well, let's look at James 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. We use this scripture a lot talking about the tongue and how it gets us in trouble and how it can keep us out of trouble, but I want to look at it from a little different perspective this morning. When you put the bits of, into the horse's mouth, it makes him obey it. We also guide the whole animal. And consider a ship, even though large and driven by force winds, they are guided by a small rudder. Wherever it wills and the pilot directs, so too the tongue is a small part of the body. It boasts great things. Consider how large a fire, a force, a small fire ignites. I want us to look at the rudder in relationship to our tongue. I don't care how big the ship is. I don't care how powerful that ship is. There's a small rudder controlling it. We can turn the whole thing around. We can change directions no matter what. It's in complete control of the situation. 
And our tongue can do the same thing if we will do small things to help change the situation. If we can help change the attitude of those around us by the simple things, the gentle touch, the, the listening, and not trying to give them our opinion sometimes, but sometimes we just need to listen. Sometimes it's a simple thing as a donut hole that will change our attitudes. There are times in our lives that we don't think about the changes that can happen. But then something small happens and huge differences happen. Attitudes change, atmospheres change, outlooks in life change. So as I was thinking about this uh, talk I wanted to do whenever I had the opportunity back uh, last year uh, when I saw this donut hole uh, thing. Uh, so I asked some people here a couple weeks ago with the help of Zane. and uh, We did uh, ask them, what would it take to change your outlook if things are going bad in your life? What would it take for you to have a different outlook on things. What would it take to change your attitude? I have a little video I want to show now of what some people said. I want you to listen real close to what they said to change their attitude and outlook. Like if somebody says something nice to me or especially if they give me a compliment, let me take a nap. This sounds corny, but you have to put your mind in the happy place. A phone call? Go play with a baby that laughs. Oh, visiting with friends and family and uh, reminiscing about what's going on. I go pull weeds. Positive people around me. When I see other people smile. Hugs for my grandchildren. Well, when uh, one of my kids says to me, I remember when. Exercise? My bed when I go to sleep. <laughs> Singing, Zane. Watching kids youth group. Uh, having some time just to myself. Reading. Go running. Uh, when the Steelers take a W. When I meet a person and they talk back to me and uh, being real nice, they did hallelujah. Uh, a hug. Elk hunting. <laughs> Someone walks by and says, hi. I want to personally thank each one that participated in that. And as you can see, except for Irma's, I was, I was kind of pulling weeds, helps get you, you know. But no, but really, seriously, sometimes that's what it takes. It takes us to do something to keep us busy to get us to think about something good. But there, you know, there's some things in there about a hug from a grandkid, uh, you know, a smile, saying hi, just, just the little, little things that make a huge difference in how we look at things. It might not last long, but at least at the moment it changes the way you're looking at things. And hopefully so for something positive, something to pick you up. We need to look at things in a positive way, and sometimes we need little helps. But what's, what's interesting about it, sometimes we might do something to change the atmosphere, and we don't even know it changed the atmosphere. It might have changed somebody else. 
driving down the road and somebody smiles at you and it changes your attitude, you don't know that you change their attitude. You're stuck in traffic on I-40 Friday night with a person jumped off of the freeway and semis and cars are backed up from San Mateo to cross the top of the river. And you try to keep some good points in mind. Because you're not going nowhere. What, what's it going to change? God's done a lot for us, and so we need to look at that. And sometimes we don't know how it affects other people unless they share it with us. All we need is to do things, the little things, that we know will help. A smile, a gentle touch, a hug, a thank you, a recognition. I'm thinking of you. A little text message that says, hope you're having a good day. Praying for you. Changes attitudes in a huge way. Christ loved us so much that he went to the cross for us. That's a big deal. How hard is it for us to love one another? And do something nice and easy for somebody. We can change the world that's around us by little things. We're not going to change the whole world, but we can at least change the world we're in. Let's look at Numbers 6. Preston read that for us, did a real good job reading that for us this morning, 22 through 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, that This you shall bless the people of Israel, and you shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord looks upon us. And all he wants from us is to show a little bit of love, a little bit of kindness. So as we go out this week, let's think about the little things that will help bless people that God has asked us to bless them with by showing his love. So we stand and sing. Sing, Lord, like a shepherd Yeah.